envisioning Wolverine's day planner. Nine a nine a.m. to noon, murder. Noon to one, kill. One to one thirty, a light lunch. Brasso the adamantium claws <laughs> gotta stay shiny. Claw maintenance one thirty two. Claw maintenance, dude. He probably gets like gook on his claws and then retracts them into his body and then oh. it's gross. I mean, he, but it doesn't matter because it, it, it won't affect right. it. Won't be it just means he's, he's kind of a nasty. <laughs> he's got nasty. constantly. <laughs> Is this really happening? But he doesn't Are need shots. He doesn't need shots though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I wonder if he wears a flea collar. My ability to summon fish is of no use for this toppling building. Representing the United States West Coast, Dazzler. Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. They like a little badunkadunk. Yeah. Is, is, am I allowed to say that? Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. Everybody's in the midst of grief and Reed Richards' wife is hitting on the new guy. Make it, make it, do it, make and now your hosts. Luke Matthews. At you know, least he attempts to draw hands and he's bad at it, but feet, he's, fuck it, I'm just going to put a giant thigh in the way. And Bean. I think I didn't notice some of that because I was so distracted by her breasts, because if you straightened them out, they would be wedge-shaped. Eddie Isaac. I was wondering what would break first, your spirit or your <laughs> body? Joel Simon. It starts off and is like, okay, yeah, these guys are detectives. And they're like, who who killed Wonder Woman? I mean, Retro Girl. And then shit gets real. And Andy Padel. It seems that all my powers are of no use in this simple math equation. <laughs> <laughs> two plus two equals kick and dick. Fuck! It's early. It is early. It's it's not really early, but Jesus Christ! When I was up till three in the morning, it's fucking early. <laughs> Welcome everybody to episode forty nine. Forty nine. Forty nine of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I am your host Luke Matthews, and I am joined by the entire crew today. Everybody's here. Hooray! And Isaac is here. Yes. Andy Padell is here. Hi. Joel Simon is here. Saudi. So, Ann Bean is here. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, for this show, we are going to be reading the. Uh, <laughs> we are going to be reading uh, the new Captain Marvel book by Kelly C. DeConnick. I know and, you're traveling in time, uh, Loka, but technically we already read. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> hey, the book is a time travel book. So it's yes. true. It all fits. Uh, it's also, I've been ruining podcasts for at least five years. I don't want to just mm-hmm. limit myself to the intros. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what's crazy? Uh, we did a time travel book last time. I know. I didn't realize this Are one was a time, time travel, travel one. In? Apparently. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Subconsciously. Written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, drawn by Dexter Soy and Emma Rios. And we will get on to that later. Uh, as usual, we will start the show by talking about what we're all reading and new books that have come out and things that have happening and blah, blah, blah. Things so, that have happening. Things that have happening. We're going to start with Anne and we're going to go counterclockwise <laughs> around the table. So I've been going last for 250 years. <laughs> oh. <I'm> gonna... <laughs> 400, my brother. 400, 400 years. 400, 400 years. <laughs> Plymouth Rock dropped on us. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> so me and my white guilt are gonna go first here. <laughs> just, just re- no, just, just bury that guilt just <laughs> deep down. Don't tread on me. <laughs> so I was reading books. I read <laughs> <laughs> Axe Cop, Volume Four, President of the World. I'm most of the way through that one. Of the world. But yes, it is. It is 
ex copy as usual and awesome. The, the young one is it Eli Nicole Malachi Malachi who's like eight now apparently and I kind of wonder I feel like here's my vision for Malachi someday he He's just be like a serial killer. <laughs> yes, but, well, more of a specific murder. Uh, in terms of, like, he's just going to start sending tweets and be like, Wheaton, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> I will be the king of the nerds. And then they'll fight to the death. That's my plan. Um, awesome. Anyway, I also read, uh, the. F- I actually bought two issues in as many weeks. It was crazy. Um, I read the first issue of Gail Simone's Red Sonia because I was very curious about it. I read that as well. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like titties, but it's also like writing at the same time. So that's cool. Um, I was pleased. Boobs. I hate everything, so I was not impressed by it. I thought it was. I thought it was really um, formulaic for for Red Sonia, and it felt very. I've also been watching a lot of Xena Warrior Princess and not entirely unironically. So <laughs> Red Sonia is like a nipple delivery device. That's the entire point of that character. Wow. The, but there's Wait, no Wow. No, 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 no. I, I highly disagree. Nice. There are zero nipples. It's all chainmail. Yeah. It's a cleavage delivery device of various, you know, cleavages, but <laughs> I just wasn't I don't there, know. there are zero nip slips. I'm just saying. I just I don't know. It was just I, yeah. I, I was okay, So it. here's my question. Was the movie me. first or the comic book? The first? movie. The movie the was first. Red okay. Sonia, the, the character of Red Sonia, I think, was created was just in, for Brigitte Nielsen. No, no, no. no. There, no Red Sonia Conan, existed right? in um, Howard's like writing, okay. but yeah. the movie was what popularized her as her own character. And okay, it, yeah. So, so she was she was a comic book character beforehand, not comic book novel prose novel. writing. All the Conan novels. Yeah, no Conan, pictures. Conan no pictures. Not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> not, not no pictures. <laughs> I don't read books without pictures. pictures. If I can't color it in, I don't want to look at it. Joel's secret shame. Joel can't read. (laughs) I never learned to read. Uh, The pictures are good. um, I'm I'm going to keep following it. I figure I'll get at least a trade in before before I pull the plug. eh. That's cool. I mean, it's a fucking barbarian story. It's ridiculous, and I kind of like it. There you go. So, so Anne, I have to ask you a question Mm -hmm. then. Are you so? Are you the type of person that you pick one issue, you read it, and then like, eh, or do you go like the fr- you go to first six? Traditionally, I go to first six because okay. I traditionally never buy issues. I'll okay. buy the first trade and say yeah or nay because I feel like that gives me enough of a sense of the storyline, or like say like in this one where they switched artists mm-hmm. that could affect things. Okay, theoretically, because I think I think over time we've been affected by that with a couple of things like Wonder Woman, how the first the, they switched artists, yeah, and it kind of it was we it switched the the book switched artists, but it was actually a really good story, but switching the artists kind of messed up, yeah, the really follow, messed yeah, it really up. messed up the following the following of the story. So yeah. hence, like that's why I don't read that book. Mm-hmm. And I know me and Luke talked about some of the stuff he was reading and like how you get one issue in, you're like, uh, mm. I don't really yeah, know. See. Think about Sandman. <clears throat> I, I would have been like kind of interested in the first issue of Sandman. Don't say anything, Andy. I see you clearing your throat. Just stop. Um, that's, that's not why he was clearing his throat. Even the, uh, with that one, I even felt like I needed to get into the second trade before, you know. I th- think about issue six is where that story really started picking up its stride. I, uh, it really depends for me on the book. Like, I, I, I won't necessarily know that I will like something after the first issue, but I definitely will know if I won't. Okay. So there have been things recently that I've picked up, like um, 
Oh, now I'm not going to remember what any of them are. Well, <laughs> traditionally, you hate uh, like, everything. Uh, the, the, the Mysterious Strangers. Okay. Uh, it's a Chris Robertson book, and it's drawn by Scott Kowalchuk, who's the guy that did The Invisibles, mm. I think. Correct. Is that, is that the right one? Yeah. And um, it was it was okay, but it was one of those things where once I read it, I was like, I know that I'm not going to get into this. I know, yeah. I know just from the style and the type of story it is, I know that I'm just not, it's not a bad book, but it's, I could definitely be like, all right, not going to, not going to continue. Yeah. The same, unfortunately, was, was with Red Sonia for me. It's like yeah, I picked fair. it up and I'm just like, mm, no, I'm just not in it. Not going to do it. So in general, like I can pretty much know if I want to read something or not from previews. Okay. I think well, Luke might actually. Do you get previews, Luke? Yes. Uh, no? no. No. Okay. So I, um, I get to see stuff in advance, like you know what the title is, sort of the overall plot yeah. synopsis. Um, and I can if I see something, either I'll know. Okay, I might be interested. In, I'll give it a shot. Or if it's something that's just so far, you know, it's like the tale of. Two teenagers in 1940s uh, Beirut that, you know, covers their lives. I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm not ordering <laughs> this. I, I don't even have to get that first issue. It's either, it's like binary. So it's plot summary yeah. is enough for you? Yeah. Maybe some pictures? Plot summary is Does that matter or is it just plot summary? It's just plot summary. I mean, as much, I, I really appreciate comic book art, but it's a medium of telling a story for me. And the art detracts or adds, mm. you know, appropriately for the story, but the I'd story say. itself is like 90%. I'm, I'm about 80% for a story, 20% for art, but yeah, it's mostly story I'm for me too. totally not like that because art can, art can ruin a good story for me. Um, I'm, the, I'm not as heavy as you are towards story. Like, I like story. Um, occasionally, I can cope with a mediocre story if the art is spectacular, right? The art can, can make that up for me. But I'm also like... Um, bad art can ruin the best story Indeed. you know so my my second question was going to be now do, will you give something a chance for a longer amount of time if it's a character you really like or an or, or a writer or an artist that you really like absolutely like, okay i'm gonna try to stick with it just a little bit longer yeah and honestly um i felt like i had that experience in the <laughs> while reading this trade which we'll get to later but i, I follow uh, any more writers yeah same not characters like i don't give a shit what um, i don't follow characters at all anymore i don't think i follow care i don't think i've ever followed characters actually um although i do see like the fan bases for certain characters i find really fascinating i find the captain marvel fan base really fascinating which is one of the reasons why i chose this book um but yeah i follow writers actually i take that back there's sort of one concept team that i love x-force uncanny x-force x-force yeah. the other x-force i the um, other first x-force X-Force. there's been three books called x-force now yeah awesome. it's like punisher max and punisher max oh god damn it but it was even the Liefeld stuff yeah no that, that was that was i mean back when i was no a kid feet, that was one the of the pecs. books that i read pecs okay. on you know, your face I, you know. <laughs> When I was, I followed characters a lot when I was in, when I was a kid, you know, when yeah. I was reading comic books as a kid, it was like, that's what you did. Right. And I, the, I think the only, Wolverine's th- got <coughs> claws and he's awesome. Well, and I think what Gambit's actually, Gambit's edgy and smokes. <laughs> I think what broke me. <laughs> Storm I, it, has awesome butt. <laughs> and a mohawk. <laughs> I, um, I, I followed, what was weird is that I, I followed a lot of Marvel stuff and then when Image hit. I bought all of the original six um, comic books. Wildcats, Spawn, Wild Savage Cats, Dragon, Spawn, Savage Dragon, Shadowhawk, um, Youngbloods, right? Youngblood, Gen thirteen, and no, Gen thirteen was way later. It hmm. was 
Mark Silvestri, it was Wetworks. Wetworks was fucking amazing. Wetworks was... Or no, 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 it was Cyberforce. Sorry, Wetworks was later. Right, I have that. I have number one. Oh, God. Yeah, no, Wetworks Wetworks was Wiles Portacio, and that was later. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was good. Cyberforce was kind of bad. So I bought them all, and I didn't like Shadowhawk at all, and I didn't like Youngblood at all, and I I got into the other ones, and then it's like Spawn and Wildcats, it was like those were my books, right? And what broke me of it is after my comic book collection went up in flames, when I started collecting again, um, I started on the Ultimate Ultimate Marvel stuff. I liked um, the Ultimate Marvel stuff. And yeah, I, the, the initial, like the first two or three years of the Ultimate Marvel stuff was phenomenal. That's right when I started reading paper comics. Yeah. And then I I followed those for a while. And then there was a point where I was like, I have, I have fucking so many issues of this comic. And by the end... Ultimate X-Men eventually kind of went, and I kind of lost interest in it. And then finally I started buying stuff um, not – I started buying more creator-owned stuff. And that's when I finally was just completely broken of the whole uh, following characters. That's yeah. when I started following writers, and it was like <clears> – <throat> it was books – well, Sixth Gun is a, is a good example of one of, the, one of the major books that started me on like I'm going to start buying creator-owned miniseries stuff – way more than I'm ever going to buy the big two and that's when I follow now I follow writers and creators and stuff which is why I which is why I bought Captain America because I'm not traditionally a Captain America fan but I'm a huge Rick Remender fan, fan. Yeah. so like so I'm, I'm thinking of black this, science like, black science oh, 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 oh. I don't know what that means black science is going to be Remender's new book with Mateo Scalera and it's he's calling it a spiritual successor to fear agent and it looks fucking phenomenal oh. does it have a soundtrack by Ongo Boingo what Left, right, left, what, what, what? I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> <laughs> Back to comics. I read uh, Nightly News, which was one of the uh, the Hickman mm-hmm. the Hickman mm-hmm. comics, mm-hmm. and they was it was the first his own one. And at the at the end of it, there's a little afterward about how how he overcame his fear to actually do his own comic. And, and how he over-designed his own comic well, yeah, to the point where it actually almost oh, ruined the, the story. Oh, the Manhattan Project, Secret huh? Secret yeah. Manhattan yeah. Projects. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Patrimana. good. Yeah, yeah. And, and Nightly News had a lot of infographics. And I think it was a lot of... It was a lot of stuff I already knew, like um, yeah. like the the amount of corporations that own media companies. Like out of all the media companies, there's seven that own all of them, and mm-hmm. and the amount of kids on Ritalin, and the amount of kids in America that on Ritalin, as compared to the world, that kind of stuff. But it was really a story about um, about people who had their lives ruined mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. by media. There there was a, a this Charlie of Charlie's Angels, and he would get these people and program them to kill off media so it starts off with them there was like a a sniper incident so they shot one person it was at the uh the occupy wall street Mm -hmm. so it was at occupy wall street they killed one of those guys and like oh well you know one innocent bystander has to die in order for this war to start was it it was this came out before occupy I think, it was about, the, I think it was the year of Occupy. I think it was, was around it? the same yeah, time. Like, like, okay. But anyway, so, and then when the media obviously shows up to, you know, sensationalize everything, they start off in the media people. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes into how much the media controls. And there's a lot of Noam Chomsky and Goebbels and, and Hitler in there about propaganda and how the media is controlling the populace and whatnot. 
It was pretty good. I kind of figured out the twist at the end before it even happened because yeah. it was, it was kind of obvious. Um, and it was a little heavy-handed. I read that. And and then I also, with Comixology, I read the first issue of uh, Legend of Luther Strode. The new one? Which, yeah. yeah, the new one. Which, it's, it's kind of funny because he is like a legend because he really doesn't... It's every... Is like all the damage that he wrecks to everybody else and yeah. how they deal with it, and he really doesn't have to. He doesn't say a word through the whole issue. Yeah. So I don't. Nope. Okay. So in that case, I'll continue Sorry. saying, Sorry. answering Sorry. the question. Rubble, 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 rubble. Zappity grumble. Um, um the <laughs> let's talk about X Force for a minute. The new team is Spiral, Storm, Psylocke, Jubilee, some five-year-old girl, and Puck. Puck is a three foot tall, like, he's like, if you take all the terrible things, like, Wolverine's a kind of short, kind of hairy guy that's angry. You make him shorter, hairier, more angry, and more drunk, and you've got Puck. Puck looks kind of like, um, that seems basically like an unwashed version of Peter Dinklage. Dinklage. So they bought, so they bought <laughs> yeah. Puck over from Alpha Flight and added him to X-Force? Yes. Yeah, because Wolverine did so well. It's like, well, we need more Canadians. <laughs> But, I mean, because Alpha Flight, in my opinion, Alpha Flight was the always a garbage yeah, team. I'm they surprised were a they didn't team. have North Star in there. North Star, so. Sasquatch, Puck, yeah. Gemini, Shaman. Shaman. Mm, lists. That's what our listeners like the best. No, no, lists no. of characters. Let's no. keep just listing List. things. <laughs> what the fuck are you reading? You're reading X Force. You've listed the characters. Now, what do you. What, Why do are you, you reading like it? it? Why are you reading it? Uh, because it's X Force, and I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Eddie, take the mic away from him. I've been reading. I can't remember exactly the the second, but it's the second volume of the Batman and Robin trade. It's called something Pearl, like whatever. Anyway, that's not important. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds saucy. It's called Don't You Wish This Was the Killing Joke Again? Yeah. So there's a couple things I like about it. There's a couple things I hate about it. It's actually it's actually a really the writing is very good. The art is excellent. It's phenomenal. The the story unfolds great. What I don't like about the trade, the trade includes the the zero issue for that month that. Or like month or two months that they did. Uh, I think it was about a the month. The origin issues. Yeah, they did yeah. all the origin issues, and so that's the first issue of the second trade. So I kind of just skipped past that because I already read it, and it was kind of a good backstory, but it wasn't the best. The best zero issue, but it, it was all right. It was worth it because the thing is, all the zero issues were done by different writers and different artists, right? We don't know why they did that. They should have done that. But anyway, um, the story unfolds really, really good. The main port, the main part of this story is that uh, Taya Ghul has put like a trillion or billion dollar hit out on her son on on um, Damien so he's got a price on his head and Damien basically beats the crap out of all the former Robins to prove that he's the best Robin but uh so Damien Wayne is the current the well was technically the current Robin because he did die in Batman Eek number eight spoiler <laughs> yeah. jeez hey look dude eight, number eight came out so long ago if you haven't read it well too bad anyway anyway so he dies um, Jason Todd was the third. Was the third Robin? No, the second. Robin, second Robin. <laughs> Tim Drake is the third Robin. There you You're go. You're the guys. DC Dick fan Grayson, here, right? Jason Dick Todd. Grayson, Jason Todd. Tim Drake. Tim Drake List. replaced Jason Todd. Jason Todd. Right. Oh, uh, here we go. List. List. Yeah, <laughs> List. Yes. So anyway, you're reading a Batman book. Do you like it? Do you yeah, not like I, it? No, I, I do like I do like the book, but now I'm not sure if the first trade and the second trade are awesome. I read them both. The third trade though is going to be really confusing because what they've done ever since uh, Damian Wayne has died is every subsequent Batman and Robin title has had Robin crossed out 
and replaced with so the next the one after he dies is called Batman and Red Robin. And then the well, one after that is called like Batman and Nightwing. And then right this month is Batman and Batgirl. So I don't know where they're kind of. I'm not. I can't really see where Batman and Solomon Grundy, <laughs> Batman and the Penguin. <laughs> Batman and Man Bat. <laughs> Batman and Catman. So, okay, so here's you know, one of them is actually called Batman and Catwoman. So it's so I'm not exactly sure where they're headed with this. So now I'm like, well, I'm almost considering that I'm, I might end up abandoning it because mm. I, it's like because they're dragging it out too long. Yeah, yeah, it's like look, throw the dude in the Lazarus pit or don't, but don't flood me with all this filler. Because that's what I think it, it is. It seems like it's really filler at this point. Yeah. And so I'm kind of so, like, uh. so wait a second. So they killed off Damian Wayne. Yes, they did. And now it seems like they don't know what they were doing after that. It's like, hey, we, it, let's it kill Damian Wayne. That always did wonders well, for Well, that Superman. was Grant Morrison's thing. And Gra- Batman. Grant Morrison is leaving Batman Inc. Batman Inc. Yeah. At number thir- from 8 to 13 is the story of Damian Wayne, Batman getting his revenge on who killed him, this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, not my biggest problem TLDR. is that now that you've killed, it's like, no, there is no, there is. It's like, where are we going with this? Are yeah. we gonna, are we going to stop the Batman and Robin run? Are we not going to make that book anymore? Uh, you know where? And it, the bad thing is, it's one of their. To be entirely honest, I would be fine with them just dumping Robin for a while. Like, just fucking let Bruce Wayne be Batman for a while again. Robin, Robin was, Robin was a marketing ploy in the fifties. Like, or in the, I guess he came in so in the 40s, that but it was boys like. Boys can, like, marry sue themselves into Batman. Was it the 40s? Oh. Yeah. It yeah. was 30, yeah. what? It was night, was it night? It was not 38. It would 40, have been the 1940 late 40s. Batman. So, yeah, late 40s, okay. Yeah. Because he didn't was, have Robin in Detective Comics, did he? Uh-uh. And, and that's the thing. Robin, Robin, the addition of Robin, and in a lot of all those old comics, like the addition of Robin, the addition of Bucky uh, to Captain America, that's like, true. all yeah. of these things were. were um, target audience. Yeah, your target audience is kids, but the characters that you're writing about are all grown adults with you know agendas that the kids don't always necessarily understand, so they don't have anybody they can relate to. So they added kids to all these comics, and sales fucking skyrocketed, right? right? And and they then would try it again with Anakin Skywalker, and, and they, they would be wrong. <laughs> and then they and then they latched onto these characters, and as with everything with the big two. They're so married to the traditions of what those characters have to be that they can't just fucking let them go. Like, let them go. Move on to something okay, else. And you know what? Everybody is guilty of this because you have Wonder Woman, you have Wonder Girl. You have mm-hmm. Batman, you have or, uh, Superman, you have Superboy. You have Batman, you have mm-hmm. Robin. Mm-hmm. They do it a lot. And DC, I think, is more guilty of it than even yeah. than Marvel is because every hero in DC almost has like a... A Clone kid of, child version yeah. ish well, of and a, them. And a girl version. And a gr- yeah. Oh, yeah. Never and a well, woman, was, a girl version. version. And he was just talking about this where the X Force, which is a still a killing squad, right? Yep. And they have a five year old girl in it. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Right. I feel like that's probably not a. <laughs> so she's out of kindergarten. It's cool. Yeah. No. No. She's like a first grader. Okay. Yeah. That's because that's what you want to so impress I, with your kid. You know. But my biggest problem right now is that I read volume one, read volume two. I really like it. I don't even know if I really want to read volume three because mm. it seems like it's just a bunch of filler. Like you're just wasting my time and my money. Yeah. So, eh. I want to talk about two books real quick because I don't have much time. Uh, the first, I, the two books that I haven't talked about so far are Thumbprint, which I'm going to talk about real quick. It's a Joe Bo- Joe Hill book based on a novella similar to The Cape, not it, in, not in storyline, but in so, in so much as it's a Joe Hill novella. Mm-hmm. 
Joe Hill novella adapted to a comic book by the same guy, actually, Jason Ch- Chimarella. Chimarella. Did you say Jason shit? Chima, Chima, it's it's C I A R A M E L L A. Chiaramella. 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 Anyway, um, it doesn't. The first issue was great. Um, with very, it's Joe Hill. Joe Hill does not write likable characters generally, except in Lock and Key. But his like his novellas and stuff, the things that he writes are his characters are very dark. And in this case, the the, the lead character is a is a female soldier um, who was pretty much a torturous bastard in in Afghanistan. What? Um, that really? She she did a lot of questionable things to get confessions out of of uh people in afghanistan and when she comes back to the united states Abu Ghraib. um yeah when she comes back to the united states uh she comes home one day from her job and finds uh an envelope with a piece of paper in it that just has a thumbprint on it and um she keeps finding these around because somebody's fucking with her and she's it's driving her insane mm. first issue was great second issue it kind of falls apart. Like mm. I can't figure out. Like it doesn't. It's it's totally in not. There's no cohesion between the two issues, so it's kind of hard to figure out where the fuck yeah. it's leading. And I suppose it's only supposed to be like three issues. Huh. So eh, who knows? Uh, the one that I really want to talk about is Lazarus. Yeah, by Greg Rucka and Michael Lark. It is. Uh, <sighs> Let me guess. He comes back to life. <laughs> so the the main the main character the main character's name is uh, is Shot in the dark. they call her Eve but she her 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 name is Forever. She is God. a she is a genetically she's a genetically engineered defender. So it's it's set in a in a far future semi post apocalyptic world okay. where where um, apocalyptic. The the world is run by large families, like the you know instead of like corporations or anything, these mm. families have in run entire tracts of land. Very similar. It's it's a very um, feudal system yeah, where yeah. the family has a small group of people that are basically the the nobility, and then there are a ton of serfs that work for that family and like do their it. like their agricultural stuff, and then <laughs> there are people that they call waste that are just anybody who is not part of a family that lives out in the in the non incorporated oh, areas of mm. of the land, and forever is a an enforcer, a genetically engineered enforcer for a family, for one of the f- main families in the book. Um, and the whole thing is starts... She, oh, okay, just hold on. Is she just the only one? Do other families have enforcers? Or? They haven't explained that yet. It's okay. only been two issues and they... Um, she's got, you know, she's... She's got like uh, the ability to heal real fast, and she doesn't. Oh, she, she gets kind of beat so, up in the first issue. Mecha samurai. Sem- somewhat, yeah. Okay. Uh, it is, I'd say like a... Would you say like it's got an almost Shadowrun vibe to it? A little bit, yeah. It's yeah. it's got a little bit of like a cyberpunky kind of thing going on, like a street sam almost. Um, and it's uh, it's it's phenomenally good. It's, like it's I, two it's issues Rekka. in, it's, yeah, yeah, two I issues mean, in, I have and it's not heard anything that I don't like about this. It's really really good. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not going to go into too much detail because there's a lot of cool stuff about it that I that I really like. They're starting to he's starting. The first issue was all building the dynamic of the family that forever lives with, and then now it's she, he's starting to branch out into the world. View. the worldview and the, the it starts out basically with their one of their family's stores of genetically engineered agricultural seeds getting raided by another family mm-hmm. and they have to fight off the the invasion and then uh 
political uh, intrigue uh, intrigue ensues yeah. and it is just it is just a phenomenally good book and i wholly recommend it to anybody out there it's yeah. only two issues in so you can probably find second what did you say i'll be in my bunk yeah it's good it's good yeah. stuff so yeah. all it needs is like giant stompy robots and it'd, it'd be the whole the trifecta yeah <laughs> no more than a trifecta but yeah i like everything that you're talking the about the dodecahedron <laughs> more <laughs> like that yes yes For the last couple of weeks, we have been reading uh, the first six issues, the first trade of Captain Marvel by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Dexter Soy and Emma Rios. And it is a kind of a reboot of the Miss Marvel slash Captain Marvel character. Miss um, Marvel, Captain Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. died. Um, and. Uh, uh, she takes the mantle. Uh, What's her name? What Carol. Carol Danvers. Jesus Carol, Christ. Carol, Carol retired. I'm Carol sitting here Danvers. looking at the fucking comic book and my brain just fried and locked on the name of the character. And Warbird. Um, yeah, and uh, she was Miss Marvel. She took on the mantle of Captain Marvel and the whole first six issues kind of, the for, for lack of a better a summation, centers around... Because this is actually um, a follow-up to the Mrs. Marvel book from about a year that ended about a year and a half or two years mm-hmm. ago. Um, that the guy who did Liberty Meadows, I can't think of his name right oh. now. Uh, Joe? Cho, Frank yeah, Cho, Frank, Frank Cho. Cho, Frank Cho was the artist on that, and it was like the epitome of the you know Frank red, Cho boobs, Frank, Frank Cho, Cho boobs, <laughs> Frank Cho butt shot in the same panel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I liked the book, and Frank I Cho mean, is a super talented artist. But at least everyone his boobs have... look like boobs. Like I give him full credit yeah. for that. Damn, They're big, but they look like boobs. <laughs> Huge. Um, so uh, this was Anne's suggestion. Yes. So why don't you start? <laughs> well, okay. So uh, I I feel like I've been breaking the mold because lately I've been choosing all superhero books, which is weird for me. Um, I chose this because it was. Um, Mostly because it was Kelly Su- one of Kelly Sudeikis' new ones. It was between Yay, this and Kelly it was between this and Ghost, and I kind of wish I'd picked Ghost, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, can't retcon. I know. Well, it's Marvel, so but uh, anyway, um, Yay, Marvel. the uh, it has Marvel in it. it's from Marvel has Marvel in the title. It's got double Marvel. I the Marvel. Okay, Marvel. I was interested in the. The character, actually. This is me being like, hey, I'm actually interested in this character. Um, in part because she has had a, a history as like, she's sort of been um, in and out of the, the superhero community, if you will. And um, her connection to the military, I think, is interesting. Um, it's not quite the Captain America scenario that we were discussing last week in terms of like he has, yeah, he's interesting because he has a split loyalty, if you will whatever the the other split aside from the military is i guess the secret america itself america itself america. the the spirit of the america. american dream um and i i i found the fandom surrounding captain marvel really fascinating because i've seen a lot of women latch onto her because she, she is a sort of she's a female superhero that looks like a woman mm-hmm. which is kind of cool 
<laughs> so right after reading Comeback, I was like, oh, oh, awkward. I picked another time travel story. And thinking yeah, about... Yeah, I did not know it was a time travel story. Yeah, me neither. Knowing... I mean, we talked about why the time travel story in Comeback worked. <laughs> and there were aspects of this story that worked less, shall yeah. we say, in terms like... The rules are never clear. Um, yeah, right. There's like so. There's like Mystic Plane of time travel plane, Tardis Plane. I don't Deus really know what's going ex on. Aeronautica. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that was kind of an issue for me. Um, the it was a little jarring. Yeah, yeah. I, the main issue I actually had with the book in terms of the the thing that was really making me head desk a little bit was the the art for to an extent. I felt like. Um, Dexter, Dexter Soy's Soy, art? art. I was fine with Emerius's art. Um, it didn't like. I, I guess I'd only ever seen whoever does the covers, and I really like that style. Yeah. And I was kind of secretly hoping the book would be drawn in that style. I actually like both styles of art for completely different reasons. Fair enough. I don't know which one goes better for this book, um, but I, I got to say that normally, like when you know, there's an artist flip mid story arc i'm incredibly off put by it yeah yeah but especially was, when it's this jarring it, yeah Very. it's super jarring but i actually like both art styles so much that i just didn't care see i i am not i, I really like emma rios's art i really like some of dexter soy's stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> bless you but i'm allergic to it um <laughs> Dexter Soy's uh, super inconsistent. Yeah. Like, there are some pages where his art looks phenomenal, and then there are some where it just doesn't look... Like, his faces don't look quite that right, was the thing. they like, look a little amateurish, or just it, it, it just doesn't... F- my main issue was his faces, and his... Um, the World War II troop of female soldiers that she encounters in Japan. I thought that was awesome. I really, really like it. I like, liked their character design. I didn't like his art for it necessarily. Oh no, I thought it was. It, um, so there's an old tabletop game called Necromunda, and there's an all girls gang in there, uh-huh. and that like sort of calls back. Yeah, uh, it calls back to that, and like I thought it was just perfect because I immediately understood that by looking at their, you know, they were unique enough because it wasn't just yeah. like generic female soldiers. Absolutely, it, every single one of them is distinct. No, the design was great. I just felt like the painterly style kind of didn't work for them the same way it worked for Captain Marvel because Captain Marvel is 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 super powered, and the way that you know she's running around blowing stuff up, I could take with a really painterly style much more so than like. And now we're in Japan, but we still have these kind of overblown. Um, women from 1940 who are gonna wear like one of them is just like and I'm gonna cut off my shirt because right, the there aren't insects here the sleeveless shirt that purple hair mid, no the blonde with the pigtails and the sleeveless shirt that's uh, her, bearing her midriff and her cleavage yeah her design what? bothered me I'm like A she's from 1940 B there's bugs uh, yeah art I actually like uh, Dexter Soy's art I really like it I can't really explain why, but I like the outlines. I like the definition in the faces when they're the main baddie at the beginning with the veins. Like, I don't know. A lot of things really jump out at me more so than um, Emma, Emma Rios, Emma Rios, Emma Rios. Yeah. than her art. I get, it seems like her art is a little softer, yeah. uh, a little bit more bland, but maybe it fits because when Soy is doing the art, we're talking about a battle. We're talking about like everything there should be rough. Around the edges, it should be more aggressive, and it's more superhero-y. Yeah, right, it's more yeah. superhero-ish. And then when we get to Emma's art, 
we're more into the deeper parts of the story. There's more interaction with other human beings. There's not really a fight going on per se for right. most of the issues. And the, the focus issues. is more on Helen Cobb right. and her history than it is on Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers. So it kind of re- makes reason that why it's a little bit softer, a little bit more, I guess, uh, drawing you in more passively than more of the excitement battle scene, this uh-huh. and that. Um, the couple things I really don't like, I, I'm not, I don't, and right now I'm not enjoying uh, Captain America showing up in other other people's books because mm. they, um, Kelly writes, Cap, like, I don't know what she was trying to get at, but like, Carol's interaction with, with Cap and, Sp- and, and Spidey is just so like. I liked her interaction with Spidey. I, yeah, I did too. I, I'd like it. But there's really a like of a of a Mar- Miss Marvel is so much more superior to them, and I and I kind of is she okay? No, do you know the reason why though? Well, <laughs> well, the, okay. Well, let's go back in history. Well, Carol Danvers was the leader of Shield, so yeah. she was the one that was telling Spider Man and and Nick Captain Fury. America. Well, well, Nick, Nick Fury was gone. Nick had disappeared for a while. Yeah, he had disappeared for a while. And, and so Carol Danvers took over took in his yeah, place. Shield, right. And so she was telling as them. Warbird, that's as why Warbird. she's Colonel. And she was always telling them what to do, but she was always human and they were super powered. And now she's super powered too and she's on the same standing as them. She's, so that's I why. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the Warbird. That's the Warbird thing. Yeah, no, no, no. Right. It's like, it's, it's clicking now. Like, Joel just okay. said that. And I'm like, well, fuck. well, one, she's, I tell you, what, you know what she said? One, she's the youngest-looking retired colonel I've ever seen in the history of anything. That's superpowers. Whatever. Well, I mean, because you know what? Marvel, I, I will say this. What Marvel does as opposed to what DC does, like Marvel, the heroes actually do age somewhat. Yeah. Like, And they can explain why certain people don't. Like Cap still looks like a young man because, well, he was frozen in ice. But and, tradi- the su- and the super soldier serum keeps him keeps young, him yeah. younger, right? Keeps him aging as fast as a normal human. But a lot of the superheroes have age. Like Spider Man has grown up. He is an adult male, sort of. <laughs> sort of. He is an adult male. He has not grown up. Spidey, say, he's still very fucking not condescending. To the fact that he, and he appears to be in roughly his mid thirties or so now. I would say early thirties, as opposed to his early twenties. And he used to be when he first started out was like a late teens. Yeah. And so in sixty years of Spider. Man's existence, he's aged fifteen years. Uh, Batman yeah. has <laughs> Batman, with the exception of Dark Knight Returns, is not aged at all. He yeah. has been between twenty nine and thirty five. That's a comic book trope that we will just yes. ignore yes. from now exactly. on. Exactly, that's and I think that's what's happening but, with Carol. Um, it's it's I, I just and and I hate the fact that every writer will always put somebody as just like so superior to Cap. And it's like because and it's always mm-hmm. it's not, but it's not because of powers. It's always like everything I've read with Cap jumping in. It's always because of rank. Oh well, you're you're Captain America. You're just a captain. Do we realize that Cap has like fifty or sixty years of active service? Like it's just there's a whole there's like <laughs> like seriously, it's just so many things. The there's so many writing points in here that I mean I can't really talk about them all in the time, but. That kind of bothered me is the, the direction the story goes. One, the time traveling thing, I completely hate it. I just I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like that the plane is a time travel so device. Before, before we move on, I want before we move on to the time travel thing, I want to back up for just a second mm-hmm. and talk about that first issue with Cap because um, I I I understand the reasoning for what the way that issue was written and what she did with it. For one, Joel, you know, to Joel's point, at one point she was Captain America's boss. Yeah. Um, the whole reason for that first issue is to establish her as as powerful as Captain Marvel and as capable as Captain Marvel so that she as a character can move on without 
constantly without people comic nuts constantly being like oh well she's weaker and there's no reason for her to be yeah um she's they want to they wanted to establish her power level and her attitude as a an independent and independently powerful being within the comic book universe regardless Mm -hmm. of her gender and i think this is the perfect book for kelly sue to write because that's her a part of her personal struggle as well there's a there's a lot of things that I end up I'm in I'm in I'm definitely in the book at first because I think it would have been a better story if we would have just focused on her like inception into the Avengers. If we'd have mm-hmm. just focused on that part as her her cementing her uh her position as being on equal footing with each Avenger, like yeah. I deserve to be here and should I take the mantle, we would just would dealt with that personal struggle itself for six issues. Like I, I, I would have enjoyed the book more. I don't think we needed the time I, I don't think we need the part where she interacts with the Banshees and she finally decides that my name is Captain Marvel. I don't think we needed that. It would have been better if it would have been, hey, I'm Captain Marvel, let's feature maybe a couple shots of the Avengers, but I'm going to decide that I'm going to take the mantle because we're f- like in a fight that involves I don't know Kang or a fight that involves like like I deserve to be here because I saved the team or I deserve to be here because I'm on equal footing with Thor. I'm not with sure Captain if that would have worked. Like, but see, I don't think that was. The, I think to be honest, and you know, arguments of the success of the implementation aside, I don't think that was the point of the story of Captain Marvel for this. I think, I think the 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 first issue was there to make that to establish that footing and then the rest of it was supposed to be a a more personal story about carol danvers it wasn't supposed to be a superhero fight and i don't think that's where they need it because she establishes her her capabilities in the first issue and i'm fine with that and then the rest of it was i don't i kind of agree with ann that it it, i don't think it would have worked if the whole storyline had been a she's establishing herself as 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 a, I don't as a think Modoc she's gonna defeated the rest of the Avengers. Only one person is right. left. I, oh, I wasn't. That's what I'm saying. I was trying to stay away from that. I didn't want that to be the ultimate goal of the story. I didn't want it to end up being like I'm the last standing Avenger and uh, I win. Like I didn't want it to be no. like that. I really want to see her fight Modok, but with his giant floating head. <laughs> but one of the things that that gets me, especially, can we move into the time travel thing now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I do well, not. Better I, do it quick though. I, well, you guys talk the whole time. I do not like. Sounds I do not. I do not like that piece of the story. Um, I, I do not like how it's how it's into. I think we could have done a personal story about Carol Danvers without the time trial piece. I understand why she put it then in there in terms of like a sense of heritage, I, but so he, this is this is where I, we get into the the parts of the the time travel part of this that I thought didn't work very well, which is there's like you said the rules are inconsistent and. The, like, the effects of it don't, something doesn't fit there. Like, she goes back in time, there's this, this troop of female soldiers, which, which are getting a huge, there's this, there's a lot of, uh, positive fan response to the troop of female soldiers. What are they called again? The Valkyries or not the Valkyries? Um, Banshees? Banshees. Um, but then, like... You get the impression at the beginning of the storyline when she goes back in time that um, that something has fucked up the timeline, and that's why the Japanese have Kree technology, and mm-hmm. why they have these these um, ships that they use, the rovers or whatever they are, that yeah. um, prowlers, the prowlers. Um, but they never they never resolve any of that. She never resolves 
the the point where like you set the story up by you go back and she goes back in time and something about the timeline is fucked up but then never That's resolves true. how that gets fixed or what is is it or, or is it unfucked or did anything change or did any of or was it was it actually our universe like mm. there's there's so much about it that I'm just like it was by the time the, the, you know like the first issue has none of the time travel shit. It's it's all introduction to the character mm-hmm. um, and her struggle to des- decide whether she's taking right. the name. There's four issues in between or three issues in between. That's all. She goes back in time and she's stuck in 1943 or whenever yeah. it was. And um, it's all about her meeting up with the Banshees, fighting the Japanese soldiers, and then the the conclusion of the storyline just takes a complete left turn yeah and it's sort of back to the like identity and now i will you know reconcile the relationship with this person from the past and take on my true name and blah 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 but at the same time yeah i want to know what the hell is up with the kree i think they could have done the thing that the back to the future movies did which is like majorly raise the stakes by her coming back to the present and being like oh hey what's all this kree technology doing in japan right fuck or um I think it was issue five. It was the the first the first of the Emma Rios issues. Um, it, it, it's when it starts. Uh, they start pulling the quantum leap thing, yeah. where the there were three issues in a row where she was back in time, and then there that was the storyline, and then all of a sudden they introduced this uh, thing where like the plane is a time travel device, and it's it's you know cut a rift in the space time continuum whatever and now she's being dragged to different points in history but it became so like it lost all cohesion in issue 5 just like totally the the storyline just went oh you know what screw the banshees and there's this other shit that we need to take yeah. care of and then it went to this time period and then it jumped again and there was a different thing going on and i I got lost, honestly, and by the time she, they beat the Japanese and and they started, she started jumping around on the time travel plane. I I was, I completely got lost. I I considered it. It was more like a collection of vignettes. You know, it wasn't really like a complete storyline throughout the whole thing. It was like, oh hey, here's an introduction, and oh hey, here's Carol Danvers in the past. You know, fighting with female banshees, and oh hey, here's here she is in modern time or some other time with this. Um, but the problem is, is the way that she Her constructed it, it didn't feel mother. like by the time she got to the end of the story with the Japanese that she had actually resolved anything there. Yeah. It felt like it was just like, yes, there's a vignette, but that vignette needs to have some kind of denouement. It has to stop. It has to, you know, have a... And it just kind of... I think they tried to make Helen Cobb the the link there. I'm not sure if it was successful enough in terms of dealing with the rest of the things yeah. aside from Helen Cobb. It might have felt better if if maybe the Jap- the story in fighting the Kree stuff in Japan had been shorter. Like if it hadn't yeah. if it hadn't been three full issues mm. of that, that. storyline and then all of a sudden like one issue of jump 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 jump. If it had been more spread out over yeah. the course of that and then come to the section where there, you know, there's the part the part toward the end where she has a chance to effectively change her own life because she has jumped into the point where she gets the powers from Captain Marvel. Mm. Um but it felt 
rushed. Like it, when you yeah. got to that part at the end, it felt like they had this thing they wanted to do, and it just kind of you better do this by the end of issue X. Or... Yeah, mm. I, I don't know. I it just. Yeah, it, like I said, it's a little jarring for me because I liked how it started up. It sold me on this. It's like, hey, I'm Carol Danvers, and they're fighting this this super baddie. And instead of using like her superpowers or whatever, she figures out a different way to defeat this guy. You know, it's like, oh, hey, Iron Man, I helped you out. And so it kind of puts her on the same level as all the other Avengers, right? It's like, okay, I'm. I'm meant to be here. And then I wanted to see more of that, of like how she would deal with that. And then all of a sudden she's, I'm in, you know, yep. World War II. It's like, wait, what? I was, I was following you. You had me. And then all of a sudden you decided to just disconnect yourself from that and then go somewhere and go in another direction. Mm-hmm. And so I start following that other direction. And then it's like, nope, I'm just going to go back to here where we're in, you know, the mid is the fifties or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and dealing with this woman who was like Amelia Earhart. She was a woman who was flying and, you know, breaking boundaries. And then it's over. And I was like, what? It, it kind of left me like, what? And I think Helen Cobb was supposed what? to be the focal point of this whole like story. Like the catalyst? Yes. And it got a little confused because it strayed too far from that. What really confused me toward the part where she's jumping through time and when she starts figuring out that Helen Cobb's plane is the is the time travel yeah. device and part of it is because Helen Cobb got a hold of some piece of technology which I assume has to be Cree technology that was causing yeah. the time jumps um What's really strange is you get toward the end of that and there's this whole discussion about where she has a discussion with the younger Helen Cobb about um, how she, you know, you did this to me, you put the thing in the plane and and then the younger Helen Cobb kind of goes weird on her. Yeah. And totally, it felt to me like when they have that discussion and she realizes that Helen Cobb put the thing in the plane and and did this did this weird thing, she almost corrupts the Helen Cobb. She by she, she does. I mean, cor- I mean uh, Kelly, Kelly Sudeikonik corrupts the Helen Cobb character, and now I have, I have zero, like I've, I'm not, I'm no longer interested in Helen Cobb as a as uh, a mentor for mm. Carol Danvers, Danvers, which to me it kind of just it took all the wind out of the whole story for me mm. because Helen Cobb was this, this larger than life thing to Carol Danvers. It was, she, it was the, she was the driving force that made Carol Danvers do the things that she was going to do. So, you know, and I, you know, you point that out and I'm like, well, that could work if this was like a disillusionment in my hero's story, but it kind of wasn't. Yeah. The whole, this time travel story is very cliche. It's, yeah. it's, 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 and it's, it's, so cliche that I really can't enjoy it. It feels very um, uh, Christmas Carol kind of. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like very, ghost, very. Ghosts ghosts of Captain ghost, it's, a wonder, it's a Wonderful, wonderful Life. It's, yeah, it's, and that's and and I kind of agree with you there. I just I I didn't enjoy the way the time travel storyline played out because no. it was just like it didn't feel it. It just. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like uh, Carol needed that. Um, introduction to the heritage, as you said, it's like it, just, it, it, it felt. I felt like there were other ways they could have put the themes in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I right. think the it's, theme was very important, and I do think it's important for her to establish dominance, not by like going in and beating people up, sort of like alpha punching. male <laughs> style. <laughs> oh, brawler style. <laughs> I, 
Yeah. Because I think this is like she, Kelly Sue DeConnick's really trying to make a different style of superhero and a different style of female superhero who isn't just like, I will crush you with my cleavage. Like, yeah. I'm a person who has fucking issues doing this big job and has to, you know. Yeah. So, um, sort of on that note, I feel that Kelly Sue DeConnick is really sort of aiming this at girls and making a story about a girl. And I think it's. I don't want to see stories about girls. I want to see stories about people, but I understand where she's coming from because mm-hmm. the majority, like 99% of comic books are stories about men from men for boys. Uh-huh. I think especially in terms of a Su- big two title. A big two superhero title. Because yeah. I don't think that's as like, I know that she always has female characters and thinks about women because she's like a reasonable human being. <laughs> uh, I think she goes too far. But I think in this one, in this she's story. really trying to reclaim. Um, I... I really like Kelly Sudeikonik's writing, but I think that sort of the biggest failing of this book is that, you you know, it seems like she's setting up a story about a woman who has a role model who's a woman. And at the very end, like that last issue, that role model becomes corrupted, yeah. like Luke was saying. Yeah. And that just, it's like, she's going the right direction and I can appreciate what she's doing, but then she pulls back with this weird captain marvel or mrs marvel versus mrs marvel fight where the, yeah. the, the, the idol was like actually this was my plan all along i was like trying to change the time stream blah blah blah, blah. And i very well could be completely off on that and i think the the feeling that i get from it and the thing that I, it took a little thinking about it to make this happen because i i think the the, the issues five and six are a little confusing to me but i think the point of it was helen cobb believed that uh, Carol Danvers was um, beholden to her powers; that she that her powers had somehow um, taken away her agency. Right? Mm. Had given her had given her this thing in her life that um, now that she had powers, she was stuck with them, and she no longer had the ability to make the choices that she wanted to make with her own life and do it the way she wanted to do it. So Helen Cobb was giving her the option to go back in time and take those powers away huh. so that she could live her life like a normal person making her own decisions as a grown woman. I, I do not, I do not like that direction. I don't like the direction for Helen Cobb because um, I feel like I don't feel like it didn't feel natural to me. It felt like Helen Cobb would have been more on the on the side of you've got your powers and you're doing something with them. Good for you. I feel like not- if we'd gotten a bunch more of Helen Cobb's backstory and seen her being like, "Well, I'm a you know boundary breaking pilot and it sucks and I wish I wasn't," or sure. "I wish I didn't yeah. have to deal with all of this bullshit." Let me give you the option to not. That would have made more sense. But so- she. But. It, and that's what there's that never happens because Helen Cobb is I'm a boundary making pilot and I'm going to break those fucking boundaries regardless of how many people try and stop me. Yeah, it makes sense that like, she would it makes project the same she, attitude. Yeah. I, I don't feel like I, I'm capable as uh, it, this is a story, I think. And Anne, you'd probably be the only person here who would be able to <laughs> adequately judge this. Why would it's that a story be, for, Andy? It's a story for Why? women. Uh, <laughs> and I am the only I don't want to say that. I don't, I don't think it's a story for women. I, I, I feel like it's... I think it's a story it's, about it's, women. It's a story about women targeted at women. And my problem with it is it's like I can't judge, you know, there's never been a complete you know, gender disassociation with the heroes that I read growing up because it's mostly men. And, like, I appreciate what Kelly Sue's doing, but I don't like the idea that... that I don't want to read stories about men by men or 
uh, stories about women by women. I want to read stories about people by people. Yeah, and, and you I, could argue that most of Marvel is stories about men by men. Absolutely, but I'm just saying, I, you know, I don't want but to I don't have to read that sort of thing. I want to read stories about you know characters and watch them which develop. Which is why as I don't usually beings. read big two. But see, the thing is, is that. Um, in the current climate with comic books especially, um, I don't think that that's going to be possible for a very long time because you, yes, the, the, the small segment at the top of the comic book reading community that is, has your mindset of, I want to read stories about people by people, um, doesn't allow the gender bias to, to creep into what, you know, their opinions of what they're reading, but that's not the majority of the comic book reading community. It's kind of like this is a very this is a very very bad analogy but I'm going to make it because I think it'll make my point. There are certain there are certain uh political um issues in the world where um the only way to combat one extreme is with the other. Does that make any sense? That's why like um moderation initiative. is dead. What? Moderation is dead. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's that's why um, U.S. politics. That's, okay, so so I'll I'll use an example from my own life, and it's the the NRA. I don't like the NRA as an organization. I'm a gun owner, and I don't like the NRA as an organization. But I feel like in some in some ways the NRA becomes a necessity if if because there's there's only two extremes in the conversation about guns in the American culture. There's a middle ground there that exists, but it doesn't. But there's no conversation about it because the only two opinions that exist about it are in the extreme. And I feel like this it's the same way in the comic book industry right now because it's been by men for men for so fucking long that traditionally the, any any conversation that is somewhere in the middle of like hey so female characters perhaps we should have some are usually shot down as like oh okay so yeah. uh, I'm going to I'm going to counter that point Greg Rucka, what's uh, the main, what's his gender? I, uh, no, I agree. No, and that's why I, Greg Rucka is, is, is featured the, at Geek Girl Con. You know, so you got Greg Rucka, right? For Lazarus, main character, female. Mm-hmm. Stumptown, main character, female. Whiteout, right. main character, female. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the Joss Whedon of comics, I kind of feel. He's one of the people who's, yeah. you know, doing a great job of putting these strong female characters forward. Queenie but they're country. not, yeah. Queenie Country, it's like, it's not, I'm a woman, it's, I'm a person, and, and you know, and you know what he gets. Matter. And you know what he gets for that. He gets a huge segment of the comic book community getting up in his face in, from both sides, both guys and women, getting in his face about how he he doesn't have the um, he can't legitimately write women because he's not one. It's a bullshit argument, but it fucking happens, and it happens huge in the comic book. And his resort right or be, tokenism, on the other hand, yeah. being like, ah, oh, you're the one guy that will ever write about women right? in the world, oh. and that's and. Like I said, these arguments suck and it's terrible, but I think that that's the whole the whole issue with this is like you're you're saying you feel like it's a book written by a woman specifically targeted at women and girls, but it's and you know what but I think? Maybe that's necessary to some degree. I think so, it, it it would be a great book to read as a, a girl, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think it's actually a solid book. I really do enjoy it. But uh, to go back to the point of the people who you know uh, attack Greg Rucka for his things, I hope they die. No, I don't. I don't hope they die. <laughs> I hope something they, I really hope bad happens, like syphilis. they stub their toe really painfully or get traumatic diarrhea. Yeah, let's leave toes alone here. <laughs> oh God! On <laughs> okay. the other toads. The whole segregation of not only of like male superhero, female superhero, mm-hmm. gay superhero, straight superhero, mm-hmm. black superhero, white superhero, like mm-hmm. that whole thing. I, I really just want to read comics of of like I am a superhero. I'm here to or a vigilante, and I'm here to do my job ish. That's what I want to read. <laughs> my job ish. Yeah, I don't. I don't 
I'm like really tired of reading the whole segregate the superhero segregated community. Well, I but think the like, comics industry is X years behind the rest of the world, and we're going to have to have some segregation before we can just like casually drop in a gay superhero I without see, people freaking the fuck out. I want to well, see a well, black already lesbian done it in superhero. Too, and they've people they've, freaking um, the fuck actually, out. North Star. Yeah, uh, Shatterstar. Shatter. I think Sha- it's Shatterstar. Shatter, no, Shatterstar is also gay. Yeah, well, North Star. No, no North gay. North. Yeah, he's a gay alien, but uh, North Star is also gay. Yeah, but no, I think I think the thing is. Um, it's it's all about the the discussion of minority superheroes, regardless of what that minority is, be it sexual orientation, Hispanic. gender, or, uh, oh, the, the community know, went race. crazy when Miles Morales right. was going to be Spider Man. Right. They were like, here's, "Oh my God, a, a mixed Spider Man!" But here's the thing, and, and and Miles Morales is a good example of um, the positive aspects of Miles Morales. Yes, the community went, "Oh my God, it's a minority version of Superman or Spider Man." Blah blah blah. But what it did was it gave it gave Hispanic and black kids a superhero they could identify with. Now a Hispanic kid can dress up as Spider-Man and not, and it's not a, it's not a, ra- no, listen to me. It's not a race. It's not a race swapped version of, of Spider-Man, right? It's or canon it's not Spider-Man. Yeah. It's canon Spider-Man or it's not a gender swapped character. When a girl dresses up as Cyclops, Captain, you know, Cyclops or you see, you know, gender swap Captain America or whatever. Now, um, characters like Carol Danvers and Miles Morales are are characters that a traditionally um, excluded segment of the comic book community now have someone they can identify with. They can they can dress up as they can and not feel like they're they're subverting or changing a, a, an existing character from from their traditionally you know white or whatever i get, I get what you're saying so it's, i mean because there wasn't yeah, yeah. like dick fury there was not a black nick fury until the ultimates there was yeah. not a black or uh mixed spider-man until the ultimates mm-hmm. like i think i'm not saying that we're not getting there but it seems like we won't ever get to that point where it's not about the the difference it's just about the character and until i think people start stop aiming their stories Alias toward it by Bendis. Yeah. It'll it'll get there. Oh, go ahead. So yeah. you, you know maybe that's one of my problems with the book. But if if you to- totally take that away and just talk about the story in general, I do not enjoy the plain time travel plot device. That's right. I get lost. Like you said, you got lost. There You're was a, a point lost. where I went back a couple pages. I was like, yeah. wait, when did this happen? I I don't enjoy the transitions. I guess if you say Act One, Two, and Three, I don't enjoy the transition between the acts. I don't enjoy the plain time travel plot device. And I think the character. I think I think the whole story should be more centered around her Avenger title joining that that whole personal choice to and to have more interaction with the members of her team and yes. less like going on a heritage quest. Well, and yeah, but then if you would have done that, then people would have said, "Well, it's not even a, Mar- a Marvel story; it's a freaking Avengers featuring." That's Captain very Marvel true, story. right? Exactly. And so, so I guess the one thing that I wanted to the point that I wanted to get out um, because of, you know, you guys talking about wanting to read stories that are by people about people and just in, you know, this kind of homogenous view of, of the characters and um, instead of separating them along, you know, you know, minority lines. I, I think right now there are definitely, definitely comic books that are written, that are being written for specifically for smaller specific segments of the comic book community. And, they're not just the the wide view. They're not right. just people versus people. So this comic book, clearly, from your description of you know how you feel about it, it's not written for you. And maybe that's okay. 
you know and i, I kind of because it's not written for me either i don't i don't I'm not, i don't enjoy it i don't but the people who thing. it's written for for lack of a better term you know that's how they feel about 90 everything else yeah, everything else, everything yeah. else. Exactly. i i'm glad i'm really glad it exists yes well, that's the other thing is I don't think you can I don't think I don't think we can say things like maybe the whole book should have gone an entirely different direction because that's the whole point of this book. This is a story. This is the story that they wanted to tell, mm-hmm. and it might not appeal. Like it doesn't appeal to me. I don't. I I I understand the the following behind it, and I like the I, I like the ideas. I don't like the execution, so it doesn't appeal to me. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the one that says. Uh, this is this is an incorrect version of a character mm-hmm. because that's not that's it's not it's just right. it's one creative team's vision of right. how they wanted to do the character and it just doesn't appeal to my personal tastes. That being said, uh, did you have anything you wanted to say last since you're the one that picked this book before we move on to buy borrow burn? Um, I I stand by that I'm more fascinated by the character in the fandom than I am the story itself. Um, mm-hmm. I will be curious to see where it goes. So then, buy, borrow, or burn? I would absolutely borrow it. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. if if our conversation was interesting enough for you to like really want to track it, then buy it. But otherwise, I would I would borrow it and okay. watch the online fandom. I would borrow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to actually go with buy on this one. I like where the the story is going. Um, I think it's steps in the right direction. And while it is a little bit rough for what I would normally consider a buy, I want to support the book. And I'm actually going to add it to my pull list. I'm Word. that pleased with it. I'm going to borrow the first three issues. <laughs> and then basically I'm going to take the first three issues burn out of the trade. The and then I'm going to burn the rest of the book. <laughs> I I'm a solid borrow, um, and I agree with with Anne. It's like the 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 following is more interesting than the book itself, and and I'm when I say borrow, I'm looking at it solely from a storytelling perspective. I I just I wasn't a fan of the execution of the story. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. On the other hand, uh, just to bring it up, because now that I've seen them work together, um, Pretty Deadly looks, looks yeah. fucking, fucking phenomenal, amazing. and it's. And that, and you know, I already talked earlier about how much I I enjoy the creator owned stuff more than I do the, the like the big two stuff, and that's exactly what Pretty, Pretty Deadly, Deadly is. It's Kelly, Kelly Sudakonic and Emma, Emma Rios doing and Jordy their Blair. own and Jordy Belair doing their own you know self contained really li- story. I really like Kelly Sudakonic just yeah, in general. Too. Oh yeah. Um, so this is something I put up put up on Twitter a while ago, which was um, I wish. I hate it when there are creators that I really, really, really like as people and then am not fans of their creative work. Gail Simone is a perfect example. Gail Simone is one of the most awesome people in the comic industry, period. Pleasure to talk to. But I don't don't enjoy the stuff she writes. And it's, it's, maybe it's because, again, maybe it's just not geared toward my tastes. Or just... I'm never. I'm never going to say she's a bad writer. I'm never going to say Kelly Kelly Sudakonic's a bad writer. I'm going to say that the stuff that they write doesn't appeal to me. But it sucks because, like, I uh, when we had uh, Kelly Sue on the show a couple of years ago, yeah. we talked to her. She's a phenomenal person. I love talking to her because um, I I I think I think Kelly Sue and and Gail Simone and there's a few others. I like Gail Simone's like. work. But no, that's, and that's what, I'm, 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 I trying to ma- I'm trying to make a very, I'm very carefully making the point that I don't think their work is bad. Yeah. Just that it doesn't appeal to me. Sure. 
and and that's rough when I like them so much and I want desperately to like the things that they put out, which is why I'm really looking forward to Pretty Deadly mm-hmm. um, because it that looks right up my alley. That looks like my kind of comic books. So. I think I've gotten super lucky in that aspect that everyone that I've sort of met has been just as awesome as their you know their material. There are there are definitely people like that. Like Ed Brisson, Brisson. Is, is like one of the nicest guys in the world. Ed Brisson, Ed and Johnny Colin, Christmas yeah. and Colin Bunn. Yeah. 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 Brian Hurt. Brian Hurt's like one of my favorite people in the world, and I love all of his work. Um, yeah. Greg Capullo. Greg Capullo's an awesome yeah. guy, great artist. Yeah. Anyway, so we've got uh, f- fuck one buy and four borrows. Buy it. <laughs> The next episode of the show is going to be our episode 50, and we are doing a phenomenal, you know, I was going to say, it's going to be an extra, it's going to be an extra long episode, but this one was an extra long episode, so. Oh, God. It's going to be so good. This uh, episode 50 is going to be Planetary. Hooray! Uh, by ama- the the Warren Ellis and the what's the I don't artist? remember who the artist is actually because I don't care at all because the story is so fucking good. John Cassidy. John Cassidy. 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 Um, it's twenty six issues. It took mm-hmm. multiple years to finish up because they got most of the way through and then had some publishing problems, if I remember correctly. Um, I really got to stop sniffing in the mic. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> I think it's actually the there's, best comic book that I've ever read. It's, the, uh, the it's my favorite book by far. And once again, I will reiterate that I will sum the entire book up in roughly between one sentence and one paragraph and blow everyone's fucking minds at the end. Hooray! Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, not, that's not pretentious. It's nice of you to be humble about Dude, this normal. I've read this book so many times. It just it's it's. I'm so excited. Good. It's been years since I've read it. So yeah. good. And I've read a lot of comics since I last read it. Like I read it sort of towards the beginning of Hey Paper Comics are a thing and they exist and maybe you should read them. So I have more of a like sense of heritage and canon and I've read more than one superhero comic. Nice. So episode 50 is our is um, I guess it would have normally been our two year anniversary except for the fact that uh, we missed so many stuff that it's more like our two and a half year anniversary. Eh, whatever, but yeah. who cares? That's all. Um, fifty episodes. Episode fifty. Yeah, we're, we we we've we've got it. If we can if we can double it, we will beat after the fact. Um, so episode fifty is the next episode we are reading. Planetary. I wholeheartedly suggest that every single person out there read it before listening to the show because it has it is a. Sp- very easy to spoil story and we are going to spoil the shit out of it so it's so good and so now. deep and we would like to have uh questions and comments and stuff for the planetary episode episode 50 if you've been listening to trade secrets for for a while uh you know this is a, a monumental event for us and it's an awesome comic book so send us questions to our email address at trade secrets at geekerific.com you can hit us up on twitter at trade secrets pod you can like our facebook page at facebook.com slash trade secrets podcast uh we are all individually on twitter and since there's five of us here it's going to take a little bit there's uh eddie who we've already made fun of his twitter <laughs> handle sambo Black with no C. No C, that's how. There's Andy at Mathtastrophe. There is Joel at Superfly. It's spelled a little weird. There's Anne at Anne Bean Tweets. Mm. There is, uh, <laughs> and I'm on there at Geek Elite. So send us questions, comments uh, for the show. We will read them, and you will get on the show with us. Uh, we're talking about Planetary. It's going to be fucking awesome. It's going to be amazing. Thank all you guys for showing up on a Sunday or Saturday morning. Saturday morning. <laughs> Sunday. Sunday. A Sunday. We got another day morning. before the work we started. A tired day morning. Um, uh, thank you, Ann. You're welcome. Thank you, Joel.
Yeah. Hey, Joe, thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Can you tell that we only had four mics and five guests? Yeah. Thank you, Eddie. Loves Batman. I am Luke. This is episode 49 of Trade Secrets, and we are Hell Satan. Make it harder, make it better. Do it faster, make sense stronger. All that never